A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. I always feel like I have to say it like that because that's how Howell does it. But, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you've guessed it, listeners. That's right. Howell is not in charge again this week, and even better, we've gone one yeah. step further. Mm. Uh, I, in fact, so it's me, Matthew Wanless, Jamie, <laughs> Howell, sweet, <laughs> sweet silence, sweet silence. The man is in. Where is he? He's in Berlin, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Germany. I think. I think. I think he's had a tattoo. You know. It might have been Whoa. a transfer. Whoa. What? I mean, there was some footage on WhatsApp. I didn't really watch it. and I, I think it might have just been a, a, some kind of, you know, sort of fade away tattoo thing. I don't think it was real because Howell's too prudish. All right. Given that he's not here, let's take a moment to discuss the enigma that is Howell Evans. Because mm. uh, you know, just to give you a little bit of background... I've never met. Uh, I've never met Jamie. No. Nope. I've only met Howell once, very briefly. Uh, the reason I'm on this podcast is because of a mutual acquaintance, uh, Ben Hilton, who's a, yep. a filmmaker and a director and a producer. Um, I mean, all those things come under the umbrella of filmmaker, but you know, there you go. Uh, do you know Ben personally, or do you know you know him through Howell? Yeah, I know him from um, college days. Well, around, around college time, yeah. Halcyon so, days. The good times. Um, yeah, Ben used to live with uh, Hannah and me for a little while uh, when we were living uh, in Fulham. And uh, I've, been, I've been in one or two films of Ben's, I think. Is Hannah uh, your wife? Hannah is my wife, yes, that's oh, right. right. Sorry. Okay. Um, and yeah, Ben asked me on to do a podcast ages, ages ago when we did. We started talking about The Walking Dead, actually. I think it was on the first episode I ever did. But then. Howell came down to London one day and him, uh, Tiernan, who also is guest on the podcast, and Ben all came and had lunch uh, at the uh, Pizza East underneath my office. Mm. The first thing that happened when I met Howell was he shoved a, a dictaphone in my face. Oh. It was like he was going to record our entire lunch. And uh, I, I don't know how to describe Howell. He's like a... <laughs> He's a meaty little fellow. <laughs> so, like he's short, um, and but sort like of that. powerfully built, like um, like a like a large dwarf. <laughs> if you imagine that, and he's got a kind of um, long oblongy face uh, with ruddy red cheeks, uh, yeah. and. Just kind of mad eyes, sharp, yeah. mad horse's eyes, you know? <laughs> like anything can happen. And oh, yeah. So, th there are two things I know about him one, he's uh clinically insane, and the other <laughs> is he travels more than most people I know, yeah. Yet, 
the only source of income sources of income that I know about are his rabbit nursery, which I believe is now defunct because of something uncontrollable that happened, some kind of natural disaster. Uh, and he does a radio show. I think his rabbit thing, the rabbit hotel is still going. I it thought. is still going. I thought something bad happened with that. I think it did, but I think they they sort of rolled they rolled with it and it came through the other side. I don't know though. I've not been in a while, but yeah. I think he yeah. still houses rabbits. He's got that. He's got. He does a bit of radio, commercial radio. Oh, and of course, we found out last time that he's a bloody teacher as well. And yeah, he's has, he has students that he he fills with his weird thoughts. Someone saw fit to give this man power over other people's approach to the radio world. I know it's a it's a it's a phenomenon. But how do you think he manages to travel so much? Because I know he uh, he had a radio mm. thing about traveling cheaply. Yeah, he is him and his brother Johnny, his twin brother, are actually really really good at finding good they are it's something that they're very very good at and they love doing it they love finding you deals so if you were to say oh could you i want to go here would you be able to find me the best they'd find you a better deal than you would find for yourself i can guarantee that they are very good at it and they love doing it and that's all they do they just love traveling like his wife sarah she loves traveling she's got you know a good job so i think they've got a good bit of money stashed yeah. And they can uh, just, you know, travel the earth like littlest hobo. And yeah. uh, but they, they tend to go to like Vegas. They're obsessed with Vegas. They do. They, both they, of they them. go there all the time. Mm. Not just Vegas, but casinos in general. They like to oh, go to really? casinos in this country uh, quite a lot. Um, so does a yeah. I, mean, I real... don't understand that at all because casinos in this country are quite a dreary affair. <laughs> yeah. Well, they took, we did go to one a few weeks ago. With the, I went with his brother Johnny, and you know Johnny loves playing. I don't really enjoy the playing of. I don't enjoy gambling. I get I just lose money anyway, and it is quite. It's 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 a bit dingy in there as well. It's not exactly. It's not exactly. No, it's fun. not the MGM Grand, is it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, hats off to him. I I would love to travel more, but um, that's quite a good niche skill to have, like a a really shit but kind of still useful superpower to be able to find good travel deals. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'd quite like that like a marvel superhero called thomas cook <laughs> yeah that'd be yeah great. that'd be great anyway we've given uh already too much time to uh that beast that mm. horrible beast. I but, uh, that, what, what did you call have? him? Meaty. I like the way you called him meaty. He is very meaty. That was such a good choice of words because for him. Because he's definitely yeah. not, uh, you know, he's not fat. Um, but No, it's like, yeah. Yeah, he's like a, it's like if you, sh- yeah, yeah. If you shrunk an ox into, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. into Peter Dinklage. Yeah. And it was like, but it, it didn't quite fit. So you ended up, it's like that. Like that, yeah, yeah, anyway, he's a weird looking mm. chap, and mm. uh, I don't like it's, it's it's a weird thing to do the first time you meet someone to just shove a recording device in their face, yeah, unless oh, yeah. you're a, a journalist, I guess. But, um, yeah, yeah, anyway, he did um forward me an email that we received from Lee. Uh, okay. So thank you, Lee, for writing. And he uh, Lee says he loved the Game of Thrones analysis, he was um 
refusing to watch it, but then I think we actually kind of lured him in. Mm. Uh, and uh, well, he, I think he's sort of going down my route, really. He's, he does say uh, that it's a, it's tier three television, so I'm afraid you're not going to... You're not going to really in, enjoy his company that much, Jamie, being the uh, the super fan that you are. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. what else on. does he say? Uh, he says, uh, well, he said, I mentioned the ending of The Sopranos, and he mm. wondered if they could have got away f- with panning from a battle between the Unsullied and the North post Daenerys' killing. And it's like, uh, so the conflict just continues. <laughs> oh man, that would have been even worse. I don't think you can do, you can, you can do that with a show like Sopranos. Yeah. Cause but they did kind of different... wrap everything up before they yeah. finished it as well. And it, it was just that thing of like, this isn't going to stop, but no. we have to stop telling you about it. Yeah. It's funny. Like the whole game of Thrones. Now the dust is sort of kind of settled. Now it does feel like the general consensus is they did a shit job of ending it. Like that's yeah. the narrative that's, at least that's a narrative that's kind of unfolding in the in the month uh, that's passed yeah. since it ended, and I think that's probably how it's gonna feel overall. Like, I know a lot of I know a few people who've said that they would never watch it again because of the ending. Now, like a Ouch. lot of people, yeah, no, I would still watch it again. I still love it, but I I do agree that they did they screwed the pooch on that one. I'd say um, it's in the kind of echelon where if there was an episode, if I was uh, like. I'd just come home from a night out and it was about half 11 and I was flicking channels and I saw, oh, there's an episode of Game of Thrones. Mm. I might watch it for about half an hour, but I could certainly never watch it from start to finish again. But that's nothing to do with the way it ended. That's just me. But anyway, look, I'm just going to go. Lee Lee actually has some interesting points that he makes here. Okay. Um, He said, the ending was broadly right, but so rushed. I like the dragon use being analogous with nuclear war. Analogous? Analogous with nuclear war. (laughs) The absolute power corrupting absolutely. And Kantian philosophy and democracy. King's Landing being ruined was quite emotive. Danny potentially being a tyrant was spelt out. It's just the depth that was missing. Yes. Very well said, Lee. That was it. And the depth comes from not taking shortcuts in in developing characters which they took in those final two i think in the final two series it took a few shortcuts but certainly in the final few episodes it did yeah it did but let's not uh go over that no we've been yeah yeah. although have you heard the evil brand theory that's going around as well no which is that uh basically from the moment that brand became the three-eyed raven he's known exactly what was going to happen and as uh oh, deliberately yeah, let yeah. things occur so that he ended up where he did end up on the iron throne well not the iron throne whatever new throne they make i mean yeah. that'd be a good job wouldn't it getting the you know being the new throne maker yeah it's a good gig it isn't Gendry. it yeah, I mean that. Oh, Gendry would love that shit, wouldn't he? I mean, he'd do he, a lovely you know. job. I tell you. Oh, that. yeah, and and he'd make a comfier one because it never looked comfy that chair. No, never looked. You know, no, not ergonomic Just, in the slightest. No, no yeah. way. Yeah. But well, anyway, so I what have know. you been? Uh, what have you been looking at in the in the month since Game of right. Thrones passed? Right. Well. We've tried to, I mean, the, the big things and the big shows that have like followed Game of Thrones, first of all, is Chernobyl. That's gone. That's been massive. That's been talked about a great deal. I know loads of people recommended it to me. And I know that and the advertisement campaign is going big on the whole 
this is the biggest show on IMDb, rated 9.7 out of 10. Yeah. Which is impressive, but it's still like early days, and it's only a six-episode miniseries. So I'm always reluctant. Like, if something's short, you know, it's got less room to make a mistake, you know, as well. But I do, from what I'm hearing, the detail's incredible. The guy who's created it researched it for 10 years to make sure he was got it accurate. 10 um, years. 10 years. It's the first episode I've watched. It is incredibly gruesome at times, but it's fascinating, frightening, and compelling. And, yeah, it's really gripping from the very start. It doesn't let go. I thought it would bother me that it's all English voices, play, you know, trying to pretend to be Russians. They're not even, they're not even doing a Russian accent. They're just doing whatever accent they, they decided. And it doesn't bother me at all, actually. No, I it's prefer quite... that decision when it's made like that. What I don't, yeah. yeah, what I don't like is people in different accents talking in, uh, yeah, yeah, in English. Yeah, no, it it works well, and there's, it's a really good cast, and I believe it gets better. And I hear that, that this one actually nails the ending, which uh, should be interesting. But that's that's, that's, that's when been it's written for one. you, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one helps. of those ones. Like a, a couple of people in my office have been talking about it, and I'm meaning to get to it, but I keep forgetting that it exists. And um, I think maybe that's to do with the fact that it's on uh, Sky rather than some of the ones that yeah. are more easily accessible. I have to turn on my PlayStation and turn on the app. Uh, but, it um, is heavy going as well. Like it's it's a heavy watch. I, I'm trying to get my wife to watch it with me is very hard because like she likes it, but she's like, oh, I have to get in the mood for harrowing television and that's not easy but what you know when you do it it's worth it it's just you you know getting your mind ready for that well as you know jamie i am uh i am a fan of the heavy (laughs) and we will actually um i should say later we will be discussing the um the handmaid's tale which returned to our screens on sunday and uh, Mm. we're actually going to have a little bit of a guest um, she's yeah. um, a friend of mine. Her name is Idil Sukan. Uh, she's a fantastic photographer and now um, also a, a director of photography and um, is moving into kind of film. And she's I think she's currently working on a on a TV show at the moment as a um, I don't know what the title is. Someone who takes photographs behind sets. You know. All right. Not, yeah, she's doing. I don't know. Still wow. photography. Photo taker chief camera person not filming camera person i think that's, that's a great time. job yeah wow but, i'd um, love uh, that she'll, job. she'll join us shortly and we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a brief break and then we'll uh, we'll introduce her um so yeah we'll be talking about handmaid's tale uh what other, what else have i been watching oh I, I watched another absolute bastard of a show um have, have you seen any mm. of the virtues Oh, I've been meaning to watch that as well. That's that's a short one, isn't it? Oh. But, uh, the Shane Meadows show, isn't it? Yeah, Shane Meadows. Um, what's his name? Stephen Graham. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's pretty bleak stuff. Man. It's really... It's, uh, it's, um, so it's a, a guy... Uh, yes, yeah, the show sort of opens with this guy whose um, son... Uh, he's divorced from his uh, mum and um, uh, the, the, their family are moving to Australia from Liverpool. Mm. And he's kind of devastated by this and ends up back at his, uh, where he came from in Ireland. 
and you start to learn about his past and uh, his family and none of it is good. <laughs> none of it is good. <laughs> and yeah, I, I haven't watched it, but it looks harrowing. It is. It is, it is, it is. And I, I don't know exactly what's happened to him, but you you know, you have a pretty strong idea fairly early on. And uh, it just, it, you know, it's just, I don't really know why I'm watching it because it's just like mm. lifting up earth, like scraping away earth with <laughs> your hands. And it's... <laughs> Like there's just little bits of glass in the dirt, oh. and when you scrape it all away, you like it's like there's just a nest of spiders or something. Something oh, really yeah. horrible is down yeah. there. Actually, no, it's not spiders because that's frightening. Something mm. like yeah, like a dead squirrel. Oh, yeah, that's what okay. you find. It's just, it's just. I mean, I'm now worried that I'm comparing something awful in someone's childhood with uh with the dead squirrel yeah so um you know it's uh but it's very good though it's very good yeah and he does that doesn't he yeah he does do that but i don't know a friend of mine really uh tore it to pieces and he tore oh. shane meadows in general to pieces and he's uh, i mean what he it, it's just that it's all the same shtick isn't it it's uh and i mm. i you know the the manner in which he did it. I was actually like, well, maybe you're right. I don't really know what I'm gaining from this, and uh, you know, it's just kind of misery porn. I think it's interesting because I read an I've not watched it, but I read an article with Jane Meadows talking about the, in the promotion of this. He's talking about how he'd recently been through a process of therapy hmm. because he's throughout his life he's had a number of. Uh, issues with depression i think and uh, he wanted to sort of look into it and then he went to a therapist and he talked so he, he's had quite a tough childhood which comes through in a lot of the, the stuff he's done you can tell that a lot of it comes from that kind of um that that theme and in his childhood yeah. that basically the rough idea is you know he he was he had to move to live with his uncle during his childhood because his dad was accused of murder and oh, his dad his dad was wrongly accused of murder and then while he was living away from home he got abused by some some people uh, but he he only realized this after seeing it i think he went through a process of like um this there's this process of for people who suffer from post traumatic stress disorder it's almost like hypnosis it's like a they they do this thing that allows the brain to access memories that you've been suppressed that are really traumatic he went through this process and he said that it completely brought up memories he'd totally forgotten about. And I think that's kind of where the virtues has come oh, from. Well, yeah. it does. Uh, now that you say those things, it does have a very kind of autobiographical quality to it. I won't, um, mm. I won't go too much more into it, but, um, Oh yeah. That's, um, that's given <laughs> yeah. it a whole new layer of, uh, of loveliness there. Yeah. 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 Well, look, um, uh, it, it, it'll, uh, about to come and join us now, so we will stop for just a brief moment and get around. Okay. Okay. Welcome back. Um, yeah, and joining us now is Idil Sukan. Hello, Idil. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hey. Hi. Me. You Hi. know, uh, I, I did think somewhat ironically when Jamie, uh, before we were starting the show, he uh. said, "How do you pronounce her name?" Because he'd only seen it in text. 
and I said uh, light middle without the L. Oh, and um, I know yeah, that you bang. are a big fan yeah. of that particular Huge. joke. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, little obviously famously is um, where I was conceived. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, which is uh, not the first time I've said that joke. No, I don't know that. <laughs> I, but I had thought to I'd say set that you up joke. For it. Yeah, yeah, great setup, Matt. I've had to say that joke maybe a hundred and twenty times, um, ju- just to you know, just to one up, just to make them feel bad. Uh, that they laughed at my name that actually it has like emotional resonance for my <laughs> parents <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's a real thing yeah no I really was named after the shop no it's a beautiful <laughs> word that re- uh, that means a beautiful place so um, which I guess some people may think a little is depending on what your needs are so who knows anymore yeah. anyway. know, I'm going to digress off this already slight digression um, <laughs> Tin and Duyeb, uh, who who you know, Edel, and has mm. been a guest on this show in the past, um, are going to steal some of his material right here because uh, he has received post to uh, Timran Dovieb, uh, Tarnan <laughs> Dweeb, but my personal favourite, oh, Timothy so Daniels. Good. Oh, so they demand he have a normal name. Yeah. Which is just They're like, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't want it. You're just uh, Timothy Daniels. I am names not that even going to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just translated it into language they understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's incredible. You know, Wanderlust is a mildly unusual surname, but people generally, it's, it's pretty phonetically spelt, so people are fine with it. So, um, And Jamie Atherton, you've had no problems with it. Jamie Atherton. It does what yeah. it says on the tin, doesn't it? You know, it's, yeah. uh, you've never known the hardship. You don't know what it's like. Um, yeah. We were actually, uh, Edel, we were discussing what your job is that you've just come from. You, 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 what, what, is, what is that person called who takes photos on the set? A, pho- a photographer, Matt. Yeah, I know. All right. Surely <laughs> uh, they have a like specific a, someone job. who has a, um, a camera and takes photos. Do you not um, get a thing like a no, gaffer no. or a or a? Oh, grip? like a proper photo. So I, yeah, I do a lot. The current, so I'm I'm working on two shows, uh, both of Ooh. which I've signed NDAs for, so I can't discuss them. But oh. I can say, I know it's so exciting. Um, I mean, it could, it literally could be like, just the, the shitter show uh, about like some, like, uh, you know, some, what we, what do we do with dead leaves? Um, and, I, but it sounds exciting as soon as you sign an NDA. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's thrilling. Um, but I am doing two different jobs. Uh, so um, on one of the, on one of the shows, I'm an art department uh, photographer so I'm uh, and the other job uh, I'm a unit stills photographer so unit stills oh. is just you know you you take photos as they go you just take photos of the the action you know you it's a thoroughly demeaning the most demeaning job on set because you're in everybody's way um, and uh, you want to be where the camera is uh, but of course, the camera is there, the main film camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. There's um, some tremendous yeah. on-set photography out there. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, of course, you you're trying to you're trying to sort of find a different angle. You're trying to find a complementary angle um, before the first AD, you know, like yells at you for being in everybody's way, and um, you hold production up, costing them um, 
millions of, again, I should probably shouldn't be saying this, um, all contravenes the NDAs. But um, yeah, you're kind of in everybody's way trying to take photos. Uh, nobody knows who you are apart from production who are somewhere else at the time. <laughs> so there's no one, there's no one on your side. Um, and uh, there's no time available for you. Uh, so that's one job, great job. Um, and then the second job is art department stills. Again, no time. Uh, you're in everybody's way. Um, but the slightly more exciting thing about that is that the photos that you take are in universe. So if someone, oh no, there's a murder and uh, the murder in the story, uh, not in the podcast, um, but there's a photo could of, happen. yep, there's three of us. Um, they could, there's like a murder in the story and then it's on the front page of a newspaper. Um, and someone has to take uh, the photo of the dead body or the, the photo of the uh, deceased to run in the front page of the newspaper. Or there's wow. a portrait on the desk uh, or there's a, a portrait of the long lost love in someone's locket as they look wistfully upon the horizon. Uh. And someone, uh, yeah has to take that photo and that's Some someone is me yeah so can you, Some can you show, are you allowed to talk about what what stuff have you worked on before the stuff you're working on now that you can't talk about is there anything you can mention yeah i um uh i've worked on i worked on philip k dick's electric dreams that was Whoa. very exciting um that was for uh yeah um, that was very fun. Um, and then uh, the building a kind of, uh, again, you know, your uh, standard dystopia, um, building some uh, fun uh, photos and drawings and illustrations for that. I worked on this Agatha Christie written by Julian Fellows yes. uh, called, called, oh. Crooked, yeah, called Crooked House. And who did you photograph and paint for that? Oh, um, uh, well, I, um, I photographed... Um, I of course photographed um, uh, lots of people. Glenn <laughs> God, Close. I'm trying, I'm trying to sort of remember. Yeah, Glenn Close, <laughs> which is absolutely terrifying. Um, Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks. Oh, uh, I remember. An absolute. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have it burned <laughs> yeah. in your memory. You have the photographs burned in your memory. Um, you keep it in your locket yeah. uh, while you look out uh, onto the horizon, and then of course. Uh, I mean, Christina Hendricks is go she's go she's gorgeous. You mm. know how people are like, oh, is she gorgeous? You know, when someone's so beautiful on TV, you, you're like, but maybe she's, uh, you know, different in real life. But she's an absolute like angel on earth. And then of course, uh, everyone's sex dream, Gillian Anderson, right. um, and um, that was. That was incredible. She again, maybe that contributes the NDA um, to confirm that she's everyone's sex dream. But she's uh, phenomenally stunning, and I think that's been pretty widely disclosed. That's you know what? Yeah, domain. everybody, everybody's figured it out. It's leaked. It's leaked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was very fun. Um, and of course, uh, most recently, very recently, Johnny English Three. Right? I took, <laughs> took photos of all the spies who had been spoilers, uh, all murdered. Um, so uh yeah that was also very fun actually an incredible amount of fun to do yeah and various others so oh. yeah that's those are my kind of jobs at the moment that's awesome yeah Not bad. pretty good 
No bad, no bad. Pretty that good. makes me excited to know what you're working on now because those are good projects. Even Johnny English 3 is blowing my brain there. So I, I just I'm, I, I really want to know what you're working on now. Well, you Secrets. can continue to not tell us. Off yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you watch, you watch a lot of TV, right? I do. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, yeah too probably too much. And um, um, to further set you up, actually, as a as a person, um, I have previously <laughs> on my my old podcast uh, referred to it all as my feminist spirit guide. <laughs> oh, that's how you referred to me. I that's, did. Yeah, yeah. I like appear. I, I like appear in the night. Well, um, appear fury, on my fury. text messages after I <laughs> oh, say yeah, to yeah. you. Idle, how should I feel about this? I'm, I'm confused. What you should feel wrong about all your feelings is yeah, basically right. like how I respond. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, my role is to, um, to to take something that means a lot to you, that you really love and 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 hold dear in your heart, um, and ruin it for you, and ruin it. Yeah. For you. Yeah. To piss piss all over it with <laughs> fem- feminist. Piss, femi, femi piss, femi <laughs> piss, femi piss, femi piss. Just uh, yeah, this, that's kind of what I've uh, realised my um, calling is. Yeah, you are good at it. You are good at it. <laughs> Ruining things. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. skilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt can't, can't. He he finds it difficult to love anything anymore. Yeah. He's scared. He's scared of his own feelings. It's, that does come across actually. Matt, you know, is this, <laughs> is this what has happened? Is That's this true? Actually, my, my status on this on this podcast is very much the uh, I am the Statler and Waldorf of uh, <laughs> of the long, of the box set pod. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, you, I, I mean, I, I wanted to bring you on this week, a because we don't have Howell, and I thought, why not bring in someone much better? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, be like well it's been it's quite a week for uh female centric tv uh we had killing eve started on saturday and uh handmaid's tale on sunday and then big little lies on monday um that is quite a week it is it turns out you've only you haven't watched any of them None, not at all. Um, well, I, I, just, I don't. You know what? I don't like women on television. No, um, they Who look does? bloated. They they need to lie down and, and rest with like hot water bottles. Yeah. I I, I worry. I worry about them. Ultimately, I worry about them. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's uh, it's horrendous being on set when bloated. Anyway, subscribe to my podcast where I just discuss. <laughs> Discuss <laughs> when I'm bloated or when I'm not bloated. Um, I no no. I so I have. Um, I watched. I watched Big Little Lies, uh, the first season, oh, you and did. I'm really, I really didn't realize the Sorry. first season. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I unfortunately I watched it with a, a man, uh, uh, which I believe is not correct. It's not what Reese Witherspoon. Mm wanted no um and i it was a ex-boyfriend of mine and so i'm quite excited to watch season two you know manless the way it was intended um as is on the credits uh when the title the pre uh pre-title sequence just informs you do not watch do not watch (laughs) with men 
Um, so I'm really, yeah, I'm really like thrilled and excited. I can't um, wait to watch that one, but I also, there is part of me that's just like, I don't know why we have this. Yeah, that's true. It was such a perfect yeah like, self did you watch it jamie you watched I this did. one yeah i really liked it beautifully it conceived yeah yeah i kind of I, I mean obviously we're talking from not having seen what they do with i mean you know meryl streep texted you're not gonna say no yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll write something. You'll write all night. You'll stay up all night writing a part for her if she's texted you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I know it was based on a book, wasn't it? And and the yeah. book was was just that uh, that the story that they covered, I believe. Or I don't think they did miss anything out. I was going sure to ask if it. the source material had further volumes or anything like that. But well, it's possible. I don't think so, though. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I think, got, I think it was just a self-contained book. I thought I think I think there's nothing wrong with just you know having just a show that begins and ends and is just this wonderful little time capsule of brilliant TV. And yet, you know, uh, the very few shows do one of the few one of the few shows that I've seen do it and did it well uh, was that on Amazon. I don't know if you've watched it, Homecoming with uh, Julia Roberts no, as haven't. a therapist. That's kind of a weird. That was based on a, a podcast, I think. That was yeah. a, a drama series that was then made into a, a television series, and it's a better one of the best endings to a show I've seen because it doesn't set anything up, doesn't leave you. It just perfectly finishes off the journeys these characters go on, and it doesn't suggest that there's going to be any more coming. And I'm happy. I'm 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 more than happy for it to end there, and it's still brilliant. I don't remember you guys giving it a massively positive write-up on here. No, I, well, I, I don't know if Howell watched it. I can't remember, but I it wasn't great. It, it's not it's not a great show, but I thought it was a really nice, nicely put together and nicely made show. It's still worth watching. Like Julia Roberts is great, and the rest of the cast are fantastic, and it's a really interesting story. Um, so it's it's worth a look. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's 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 interesting, definitely. But it's not a great. It's not something that I'd like shout from the rooftops. Like a handmade tale, maybe, uh, but it's still worth a look. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really looking forward to series two of Big Little Lies. I thought the first one was fantastic. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of completely wonderful, um, and everyone was like so terrifyingly good in it. Um, I think sometimes you forget, you know, just how much of a difference. Like, I mean, it sounds like completely extraordinary, but like to how much of a difference good acting can completely transform like yeah. a viewing experience because there's mm. so much craft, there's so much craft going on, obviously. And I think, but it was it was just kind of slightly trans transcendental, like how uh, yeah, how good Nicole Kidman was, um, yeah. especially I suppose. Um, I'm not traditionally a fan of her either. Like I don't think I've really enjoyed her in much stuff. Yeah, I get. Well, I think she's just made a lot of very uh, difficult, challenging decisions. You know, like I think she's like tried to really, you know, make quite complicated films that are not necessarily that easy to watch, and like actually probably push herself as an actor and as a craftsperson. Well, I think and, that's and, when I enjoy her more. I, Dogville is probably the other thing I really uh, like. Her. Yeah. Um, but no, nothing else. She has made, yeah. Mind. 
but um but yeah she really kind of yeah hits it right out of the park in big little eyes yeah. i of, think that it's absolutely I think stunning reese witherspoon as well i mean, I mean yeah. i've always liked reese witherspoon but i thought in that like wow she's she could it could easily have been quite an irritating character but it's she's brilliant in it and she's really endearing and also just this force of nature in the in, in the whole show and, and also what they did well was like the twist even the twist is really well done like it could have been a bit of a a bit of a like gimmicky twist but that moment that great ending where there's that yeah. realization it was really cleverly done and yeah, really and like a, a nice thrown in all those kind of half glances at her on the beach and all that yeah. stuff yeah but then the final moment where you where they face to face and you're like oh shit yeah yeah, it was um, brilliant. I am. Um, there's, there is. Um, yeah, I mean, first, first of all, yeah, it's it's like incredibly difficult to play like a character who's meant to be kind of irritating. Like mm, her character, yeah. like people don't necessarily get on with her very well and have to endure her character. Mm. And yeah, Reese, Reese kind of nails it, and she's still immensely empathetic and endearing to us, the viewers, but still is. A sort of difficult character to get on with with like the rest of the car with the rest of the characters well one th- one thing that i was really kind of blown away by is that there is a i don't know i don't know if boys uh, have this but with w- women I, I think with sister you know my me and my sister and then me and my very very close female friends i think we there's a really interesting a uh, way that we can communicate wordlessly, um, especially especially around um, uh, m- men who might be terrifying. So uh, men in in clubs or men on the bus. So even with strangers, uh, so other female strangers, um, uh, you, you know, there's some sort of amazing telepathy that we're able to enact. Um, that we immediately understand that someone is in danger or something something is happening and it's very very difficult like I'm struggling to find another instance of how how this has been portrayed on 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 TV like as perfectly as it was at the end of Big Little Lies Mm. uh, season one where the revelation is wordless they she doesn't Mm. have to explain she doesn't have to yes and you know for like you know it's happened all the time like I saw a girl at a um at a function and there was this guy like absolutely like cornering her and being very very weird and very aggressive and i you know just wordlessly went and said oh hey i saw you i didn't know her at all but i i I can't remember what i said i was like oh did i see you earlier i just really wanted to ask you a question about this and she's like oh hi yes of course yeah we did see each other yeah we we sort of uh yes anded each other into safety it's um, like the quickening in Highlander. <laughs> yes, that's 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 exactly how how it is. Uh, we... It's just another worldly sense, and you know that someone is near, and that you have to react in a certain way. <laughs> Except you don't chop their head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still produces like a huge amount of like. Yeah, like thunder power. and lightning. And, yeah, thunder, yeah, yeah, thunder. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a lot of storms uh, that take place immediately above us, um, and then we're safe. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and all the men are dead. Um, that's what, <laughs> that's Highlander, right? That's uh, that's the plot of Highlander. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Um, but uh, yeah, and so it was kind of this amazing moment at the end of uh, season one where. You know, I mean, how horrifying would it have been if 
you know, she, uh, Shalene Woodley, like, uh, go, you know, comes over to like points and be like, oh, gasp, it is he, mm. for he was the one who sullied me. And, and, you know, and the other women are like, he, are you sure? And it's like, well, let's think about it. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no discussion. There's no, there's just trust. And there's also trust. There's no like, Hey, are you sure? Where is your evidence? I think there's this other thing no, of like, like were you wearing a short skirt? <laughs> yeah. Did you have your rape whistle on you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it really rape? Um, I think again, this immense, immense, unspoken, amazing, like it, the 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 most tender and powerful landing that it could have. So it landed so tenderly into into a group of women who a hundred percent trusted and knew her to be telling the absolute truth there's no not a shred of doubt in any of their minds this is why the finale could happen this is why the denouement could happen that's why the you know the the the, ki- the killing happened um and because they absolutely knew uh in their hearts that what she was saying was absolutely true and she would and and so this amazing tender empathetic sympathetic landing that her admission is it's him. She didn't even have to say it's him. She just needed to look. And and then the power that comes from that trust is that, okay, now it's amazing like how powerful and like how incredibly, and you see how much uh, like support there is. As soon as you trust someone, something can be done about it. Um, mm. And there's only now that something can be done. There's only now. And they acted immediately. And, you know, mm. like, obviously they act in this, inc- you know, incredibly vengeful, uh, you know, uh, everything burns to the ground way. But uh, I think, yeah, I think on the whole, that's pretty, pretty well just, justified. Especially, pretty uh, well justified, yeah. I, I, think, I think my worry is that with season two is, because I imagine, I've not read the book, but I imagine a lot of what you're talking about was also really well uh, delivered in the in the book. And... And that helped sort of guide the the drama, yeah. but I worry that you know, yeah. just like Game but of Thrones, I mean, it struggled. So, it was so well directed, though. It was so well, yeah, written. yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of. I think like this is there's something else. I, it, there was this. Um, it, it, I can't remember who's talking about it, but this kind of realization that the first kind of twenty minutes of Wally doesn't have a single line written. It's all action, and yet yeah. it's kind of absolutely. St- there's no, there's mm. no words, but it's absolute. But it's still scripted, and um, it's scripted in a really beautiful mm. cinematographical, like movie making way. It's not scripted like a novel. It's not scripted like a short story. It's scripted really cinematically, and um, and I think it was the same. There were so many little bits in in Big Little Lies. And actually, in the Handmaid's Tale, I would add that yes, are, yeah. that have cinematic script to them that obviously have been guided by the book, but have been. I think it's very, very tricky. There's a couple of reviews. I haven't seen Good Omens, but there's a couple of reviews from my friends and the people that I trust their opinion of and online that are saying that it's taken the book. There's been so much. They've taken the book with so much reverence. They've they've approached it with so much reverence. They haven't. They haven't necessarily transformatively expressed it cinematically, mm. and I think so. This is kind of what's giving me some hope with Big Little Lies season two is that there was mm. so much transformative, well, such well, a transformative approach. Sorry, well, it's like that's when it, you have it. a great 
group of well you have a, a great production crew like that and a great group of actors as well and obviously hbo are going to throw some money at it because it was so successful the first time around and you know when you have all those things in place i i'm pretty confident they'll turn out something really special again meryl streep and in fact the wow, same team, yeah that's I don't true know, did either of you guys catch sharp objects yes Brilliant. I, just, I finished watching that a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my God, that's fucking good. Oh, yeah. I was um, too scared to watch that. Not it scared, is fr- but it's just deeply it unsettling. Is, that yeah, very, upset. yeah. I'm worried. I was worried, worried about watching it. And is it was, too much? There was is it a too moment much? that might have actually made me yelp slightly, and I can't. Think <laughs> <of that. laughs> but I am a giant coward, so uh, oh it's fairly easy to do. It's not tricky. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll go, go and catch it. It's on Now TV now. It's um, oh great, I, yeah. I, I started watching it when it was originally broadcast, but then we, we we missed a couple of episodes and it was gone before we before we got through it. But, uh, it is excellent. great. I, I'd say it's. I mean, it's very different to Big Little Lies, but I'd definitely put it in the same uh, quality echelon. I thought. It yeah, was that, I don't know why, but it did remind me. Yeah, there was something about it that that. Felt very, I don't know. I thought for a while I thought it was the same. I, the person who wrote the book for Big Little, I thought it must have been the same writer, but it wasn't. It was Gillian Flynn who wrote yeah. Gone Girl, yeah, um, who did it. But uh, it is, yeah, it's really, really powerful. And Amy Adams, again, like she's one of those actresses uh, that is just can do so much with yeah. just her, just the look and just the silence in the same way with Anime's Tale is Elizabeth Moss, who I think for me is like the best actress on tv at the moment is elizabeth yeah. i think she's just so she's so good i, I love her in i love her in uh, top Man. of the lake as well totally, oh, yeah she's in it yeah it's really good she's uh, she's so good in it that's also very beautifully directed actually yeah and then mad men as well and it's so weird I, I mean i don't think either of you are that big fans but um she she was in the west wing playing uh, the president's daughter and I don't know how old she was when she started doing that, but it's I, I can't think of many TV actors who I've seen from that age through to where we are now. I mean, the West Wing started in 2000... No, no, 1999, I think. So that's a long fucking time. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's been around. And, uh, yeah, she was brilliant in that. She's brilliant in Mad Men. And I well, yeah, because I always think about, well. you know, with, with Mad Men, I always think about with Mad Men, what well, some of my favourite moments in Mad Men are the bits between her and Don Draper. Like there was something mm. about that relationship that was kind of like really, yeah. They just sort of know, knew each other like without really saying it at times. They kind of had a, a real intimacy. Well, it's that, in that thing way. that Idle was saying about visual scripting, um, mm. and so much of Mad Men is like that. And if you don't buy into that, then I can imagine that Mad Men would come across as quite a boring, if or even shit yeah. show. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to the end of it I watched a huge amount of it and Elizabeth Moss was, was excellent she became like the most valuable player like quite yeah. you know almost without even really you, you didn't even really notice that she was becoming so brilliant and important um, yeah she really kind of starts to steal the show uh, obviously Christina Hendricks is uh, brilliant in that as well yeah yeah of course but um yeah, I think a lot of people... It's, it's that thing of... Uh, you get it in a lot of TV shows where everything has to be spelled out for the audience. 
and uh, they treat the audience as though they're stupid and uh, can't can't figure anything out for themselves. And I, I I like it when things are left un unsaid and certainly like sharp objects. My God, you could uh, you don't know what's happening because they don't tell you, and you really have to kind of uh, stay a couple of steps ahead. But um, anyway, we, we we've we've uh, we've talked about that stuff for a while. Let's um let's focus on Elizabeth Moss's current project, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, Jamie, you liked it, right? But you would like never, it. You do like it. Yeah, okay, right. I like you had it a lot. Pacing issues though, right? Or was um, that just how? That was mainly how my my issue. It's hard. Like I find it hard to watch as a parent. Like it's brilliant, oh God, but yeah. it's like it's there's so many like red flags and then like insecurities around being a parent that are really exploited in the show yeah. that it, it is at times like harrowing, but it's, it is, I love it. I absolutely love the show. I love the way the season two went with it and her going back into that world. That I think it all hasn't quite finished. Oh, two, right? okay. Yeah. I have a few episodes to go. And um, before I embark on season three, I think um, I found it, uh, it, it's absolutely not the kind of thing. I mean, there's a lot of shows that I just just stream constantly in the background while working, or while doing anything, or doing housework. Um, but it's absolutely not possible to do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you know, you're distracted for a second, and then you're like, "What? What's going on? What? Is everyone dead? Are they all going to die? What?" <laughs> Are they all being hung? What the hell? Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, completely horrifying. So I've I've had to really pay, pace that out um, quite a lot, which is why I haven't <laughs> got to the end of season two yet. No, it, it. I mean, it's it's not a pleasant show to watch. But then it, it's got this lovely kind of it, it balances those moments where something nice happens, and there are few and far between, but when they hit they really hit and it's mm. like it's like when um uh, the, the, you have that little moment where someone does something nice to you when you've had a shit day and that's kind of that's the thing that l lets emotion out do you know what i mean mm. yes because there's a certain catharsis that they allow every episode it's not just you know wall to wall grim yeah and even within yeah. the world that is uh, so uh, ho horrible and um, and and violent and uh, you know oppressive, the, like that little passage, I think it was middle towards the end of series one, where he was kind of developing a relationship with her, where when she was yeah you know playing Scrabble with Commander Waterford, mm. and it was tainted and it was horrible, but it was. Um, release. I uh, yeah. I mean, in a way, uh, that is kind of a bit terrifying because you don't necessarily want to, you know, you don't necessarily want to um, be reliant on Stockholm syndrome as the only way to have release. No, um, God, no, no. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, but I think that what that is really interesting about the show is that you, it, the any kind of system of oppression is is built 
in such a way that allows moments of tenderness and moments of rebellion almost in a structured way to allow people certain releases and certain uh, and a certain idea or so, basically tricking them into believing they have autonomy but they have autonomy very much within a very uh, defined yeah. paradigm so and that actually contains them because if they're always if they're you know if there's it's kind of a, a kind of constant beating and beating and beating then uh, you sort of almost don't get anywhere, but you want almost people to start feeling comfortable in the oppression. And and then that's when, you know, that's when your system of oppression is incredibly successful, yeah. when people are actually upholding it. And I think that's what's, that's what's, I mean, obviously that was hu- very, very important in the book. And, um, but done really well in the show that it it is, it, it's so harrowing that we, I, I talk about it. I mean, I talk about this like quite a lot with in like today, just today, just in real life, not handmaid's life, but in today women are very much, and we always have been very much like our own Gestapo. Like we, like we, a lot of the times we're the ones um, who enforce like patriarchal standards on ourselves and also on like our friends and on women yeah. we see in the media and and you know we like like look, you know cl- even clicking on like a daily mail article is like uh, is it uh, should be like completely outrageous but you know it to gawp at other women's bodies or like whatever it is that we're doing um we you know we're the ones who uphold uh those systems of oppression and, and even in tiny tiny ways um and that's why it's very difficult to break out of. And it it's kind of, if not, there's a really amazing moment in season two when it's very clear. I think it's um, Joseph, uh, Joseph, um, the, Fines, the main, yeah, for Joseph Fines, who says that, yeah, Waterford, who says um, the wives will never agree. And I think this is really essential is that all it would take is for every single woman to just say well no uh, that's it um mm. and to and but we don't and the only moment um of release that we that they have is is when they all say, they all uh, stop them they all say they won't uh, stone their friend to death um but even that is such a tiny well, amount yeah the handmaids yeah. but that even that is such a tiny tiny little moment of um uh yeah of rebellion uh yeah. obviously obviously not enough but it it does you know all it all it would take is for all women just right now to you know just stop everything refuse to buy into it refuse to buy into um oppression of uh yeah of women from all different races from all different um, backgrounds, you know, it, it, that, that's all it would take to just stand up and refuse to be pawns of that oppression. Yeah. But it, you know, we we can't. We're all locked in 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 so many different ways that we're even like completely unaware of. Yeah, and that's the part of the the way the show keeps you captivated as well is that you feel so like this is a world that resembles our own very much. It's not that far removed. It's only a couple of degrees one way and 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 the fascination with the show is also like how did they get to this point how did they get to that 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 and watching that sort of evolution of like this this uh, regime take over 
yeah. isn't like really part of like the horror and the fashion, like watching a slow moving car crash or something. It's just like you kind of, well, you're gritting your teeth and you're, you're tense while you're watching it completely, but you just want to know what, what, what happened to the society that took them where they are. It's one of the I, great strengths of the show, I think, is the, those little snippets you see throughout series two yeah. more so of, yeah. of the exact kind of bullet point um, de-evolution of that society. And then the, this signing, idea of this kind of... for the pill. Yeah, and, uh, and just... It doesn't take... Because of the stuff that you're talking about, Idil, where... Um, it only takes so many nutcases with guns to uh, yeah. put down an entire city of people yeah. because uh, everyone's terrified. And and the, it's like, you know, um, if everyone goes nuts, if, if, if society goes nuts, there aren't enough law enforcement or military people to contain it. It can't happen. But because... You don't have to stop everyone at once. You only have to stop a few people before everyone else falls in line. Uh, it, you know, things things can work in 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 this kind of horrible way. And seeing those little moments where there were masked men with automatic weapons on streets, with crowds in front of them, it, you know, it takes this what looks like a fantastically terrifying scenario and makes it really um, even more terrifyingly uh, possible. And it, I, I don't think it would take that horrific a, um, a breakdown of society for, some, for a small sect like Gilead to exist somewhere. And there are, you know, there are places where this kind of stuff has happened. Well, I think it's happened in our society i mean i think that what something that's kind of interesting and like obviously a criticism of the show is that in 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 many ways it's co-opted moments of black suffering uh like for example indiscriminate killing at the hands of police um with no warning and you know she was reaching for her paper she's reaching for id documents is obviously incredibly reminiscent of how a lot of black men have have been yeah. i mean shot and killed simply for being black in America, um, and it has co-opted that and and put that on white women, and has uh, created an incredibly hit show where we're now asking, how could this be possible? Like, are we really so close to this kind of society? And it's like, well, actually, there are huge um, amounts of the population in America uh, who uh, are being treated as secondary citizens. Um, who are being stripped of rights. Um, there are horrific stories going on about how people are being treated on the border with Mexico. Um, there are, you know, also there are horrific stories. I mean, you know, we're talking about sort of, it has been suggested that we're in huge violations of human rights in terms of some of the um, uh, the impacts of austerity and uh, disability cuts and all this kind of thing, and people being sort of, killed in the process of trying to uh, maneuver through red tape and it's basically a, a kind of her horrendous like kafkian nightmare that they kind of wake up in where then they're, they're too ill to go to to work but not ill enough to get benefits etc and they sort of die in the middle of it um so there's you know the, it, it has co-opted different 
but um, different little experiences of oppression from uh, from our I think our society as and has simply uh, grafted them on onto uh, the whole population and in and specifically the white population. Um, and so and you know to a white viewer, I think that it, you know suddenly it's in our face and we're like oh oh no now it's important and I I hope that means that we are then piecing to, you know, we are then kind of retroactively inspecting what is going on currently and realizing that there are things going on currently that is, that are absolutely unacceptable. Um, and that we're letting go and letting go and letting go and they're being just, you know, swept under the carpet, but there are people who are living in this kind of absolute mess, absolute terrifying mess um uh of of a society and they are being oppressed in very similar ways i mean obviously you know when slavery was legal um black women were routinely raped um and there's they're they're you know they're and and made to have children um who were then enslaved um themselves immediately they're born in slavery um, and I think uh, what's kind of interesting is that there's kind of some revisionist sort of stories about sort of black uh, women, enslaved women falling in love with white masters, white masters being empathetic and things like that. And there's that re revisionist kind of love stories that have come out in a couple of films, one film in particular last year and a few other stories that tell this kind of idea. And it's kind of a bit horrifying because, I mean, a bit, it's, it's horrifying because it's like, well, Again, it's this kind of Stockholm, you know, it could, I mean, you know, that that is that is love, quote unquote, under duress. It is it's mm. still rape. It is still a huge abuse of power. You can't like you can't put like an, you know, a nice bow on that and call it a beautiful love story. You know, it's uh, it, at the, you know, the very, very most merciful thing you can say that about that could be Stockholm syndrome. Um but, uh, you know, who knows? There might be one exception, but why concentrate on the exception when the more important stories are, you know, what really happened, the absolutely violent, violent abuse. And also indigenous people in America, uh, Native Americans, um, women were ens enslaved, children were taken away to boarding schools. Um, you know, so women were, children were ripped away from their parents, from their mothers and uh, taken away and interred separately. So it, you know, this is, it, you're starting it, to get a feel for uh, what we were talking about. My relationship with it all. I've come, I've come with like a jar full of femipis, um <laughs> and just doused it onto Matt's face. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. he's learned. He's learned to not complain <laughs> yeah 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 oh i'm not going to start comparing um but uh, <laughs> so no, that just, would be a mistake do, i think that would do, do you unfair. like the show though do you do you i fan? like the show yes i love the show, the show? oh <laughs> yeah. the hammering stuff yeah, yeah what sure. show um yeah i mean obviously i mean i mean we can uh, there's so much stuff i mean elizabeth moss is uh, absolutely amazing in it um uh the man i keep forgetting the name of uh, joseph fines is is uh wonderful yvonne Storonsky, who obviously we all know from chuck How, um, what are your feelings on chuck quickly because it's howell's favorite show oh chuck we talk about chuck chuck is like 
just the most indulgent white boy shit you've ever seen. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, but the thing is that I have watched it, I think, right the way through <laughs> three oh times. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I think easily. I mean, not for a very long time. I think, I think it was one of the first shows that was streaming on Netflix or Prime or something. Absolutely. And I think I had it on in the background and then I realized, <laughs> what am I what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but it's it's very I mean it's very stupid yeah. uh, and very silly kind of uh, f- fun I suppose. Um, How I managed is... to uh, cajole me into watching the whole first series of it actually, um, and I just <laughs> would routinely come in each week and shit all over it. Yeah, it's not it's not good as such, no. <laughs> um, but. Um, it was a, a, I think it's dated very very badly I think a while ago it was kind of pretty good background television it's kind of nonsense action high octane television um and Yvonne Stravonsky Stravonsky Strahovski um, uh was in, incredibly beautiful in it and very good and I'm very very excited that she's on this absolutely killing it like yeah. she you know she's just showing off that she's much, much more than something like Chuck. I have never so, seen so such a, uh, a a leap in contrast between two yeah, leading roles. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant casting choice. It, it's so exciting. I think, I think, I mean, it's, it's such a good casting choice because you know it, it's in Chuck. Uh, she plays a you know an impossible uh, replicant woman. Like she's you know she's just this perfect unattainable babe she's good at absolutely everything she is body to die for she's just stunning and, and changes think... clothes on camera once every episode <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Where, does she have like a team of stylists outside like following spy stylists i can't um, believe they have the i mean it's just one of those things that blows your mind where uh, her job is working her job in... is she Wears uh, the most outrageous costume. Yeah, she's like a milkmaid. <laughs> she's a milk, but she's a she's a milkmaid wearing this sex milkmaid outfit that you buy on like on like in Anne Summers. Like yeah. she's not like a normal milkmaid. She's a milkmaid uh, in sex later hosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's ready for banging milkmaid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, it's great casting choice, yeah. but she. She, yeah, and I think I think in Handmaid's Tale, she also, she's playing the perfect wife, this kind of pious, you know, she's she's playing a vision of perfection, mm. and I I think that's interest that's interest. She's playing an unattainable unattainable woman, and and for her to, um, for her to find that distance she she has this like majesty about her she's like she's very very detached and she like she plays into that but of course she gets to show the uh the hollowness of that and she gets to show all the cracks of that there is no such thing as unattainability there's no such thing as putting women on pedestals which is the whole point of Gilead Gilead is that they put women on these like pedestals that they determine what the scope of that pedestal is you know it's a very mm cunning i i think this language you know i i i think i i get really annoyed with this language when with like men when they're, they're like oh you know i like when men say like they adore women or like a women can never like do anything wrong i think there's this story from like my 
granddad that he didn't think women like grew hair like on their legs and he <laughs> once like he was with a, a lady friend should i tell this story about my granddad it's too I'm late i'm not um, sure they, <laughs> she he found he found like a hair like a like a stubbly hair on her leg while uh, they were making out and he was apparently so horrified uh, that he ran away he oh, ran man. away from the date <laughs> He ran away. He, and they didn't get married, and he married someone else, I suppose. My grandmother, who was, I guess yeah. was hairless. Um, had discovered but, uh, feet by this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I really like, and I think you're on the cusp of it, or the, the evolution of her character in this and I'm, i don't know if you've seen the trailers for season three or anything. I don't want to give too much away, but no, no, she's clearly going to gonna play like a big part in what looks like yeah. I've only seen the obviously there's only been one episode of series three so far but it looks like it's a, a more hopeful beginning to um to to the this closing sections of this narrative um yeah and I'm very excited that Bradley Whitford's in it <coughs> because yes yeah of the West Wing oh there's this amazing uh there's an amazing story about Bradley Whitford, a little tiny, tiny story where um, he didn't, apparently he didn't realize that a few of the lines in Get Out were a joke um, where I think he says in Get Out, um, he says, uh, hey, I voted for, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I voted for Obama twice. And he didn't realize <laughs> that that was taking the piss out of white people who try and look cool and not racist and liberal and what have you um, by like showing off how many times they voted for Obama. Um, he just thought it was a normal thing to say, oh, <laughs> which, I, uh, which I really enjoy. Um, you, so it means, I mean, I mean, it means like how well of Bradley Whitford, because <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I love Bradley Whitford. I just, that's going, it's going very badly. Wow. But um, I, I just want to point out that I love Bradley Whitford, and yeah. also he's amazing in Get Out, and Get Out is phenomenal. So it's just like the most delightful little story about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm very excited. He's in, he's in season three. That's great. Yeah. yeah, but I've been avoiding all trailers because I'm very excited about it. It's, I, I, I'm really kind of, you know, the, uh, Hannah and I were both in tears by the end of the recap uh, from series oh. two. Because uh, it's, uh, as you say, Jamie, as parents, it's it's just like the, it, it's, it's reaching into your very worst fears, really. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, that like I don't want to give anything away, but it does feel like we're we we might be coming out of the the darkness. Is it, do do, do well, you know, Jamie, if this is the last series that? Or, or... Um, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like it is, but I don't yeah. know. But I mean, it's interesting because I I almost get. I remember we got a few episodes into season two, and I thought I almost gave up on that. I thought this is too. There's a, there's a bit in season two where I don't want to give too much away, but things go back to being shitter again, basically. And I, I there was a moment where I thought I can't do this anymore. This is I can't have a going back into that horrible world. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I stuck with it because it was rewarding. But it was a show that I almost gave up on as well, even though I was really enjoying it. It's just too hard. 
at times, and I'm really I'm I'm hopeful that there will be some more hope and the uprising will come about in in this third season. This is a bit of um, a tangent, but if you if you saw season one of Lost in Space uh, on yes. Netflix, there was a similar kind of feeling that I had where they thought of this amazing idea. And then they did the amazing idea and then everything went badly and it was terrible and uh, it failed. And then they thought of an amazing idea and then they did that idea and everything failed. (laughs) And I think this happened like five times. Yeah. And like by the end, I was like, I don't don't understand. I don't understand what we're watching here. Like, this is horrific. They're just going to die. I haven't seen this. Is this people trying to get off a planet kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Find their way home. Yeah, 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 and it's kind of like quite delightfully made. Um, but you know, after a few, like, oh, are they just terrible? <laughs> they're just terrible at this. <laughs> they're just they're just very bad at getting off this planet. And so I I <laughs> want to watch a different family who are better. <laughs> we have, yeah, we have yeah. like better hiking skills uh, <laughs> and better survival skills. I'll watch that show. I don't want to. I don't want to watch a show. With people who are incompetent, uh, <laughs> yeah. like so, I I sort of know what you mean. Like if if it if it's you know you try really hard and then it fails and then that that is just life. And I'm specifically watching TV to forget about the series <laughs> yeah. of failures. Yeah, I think you've you've gotten to the point that Jamie's talking about. What which what specifically were you referring to, Jamie? Oh, I was referring to. When she escapes, because she escapes, doesn't she, in season two? You got to that bit, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah of course. And she gets caught again. She you gets got caught, to that yeah. bit, yeah? And I've got yeah. to oh, that's yeah. the plane. That's right, she's on the goddamn plane. Yeah, she's yeah, she's about. And, and yeah. at that moment, I almost thought, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah, that was really tough. Really tough. Yeah. Really, but really I'm difficult. glad I did. Oh, that was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was hard. And, oh, yeah. and, and you've just been through the bit where in where they're in the colonies, haven't you? Yeah. Oh my God, the colonies as well. Yeah. Right. Did you realise so it was I've... Marissa Tomei in that episode? Yeah. So I had to point this oh. out to Matt. Yeah. I, I don't no think idea. anyone realises it's Marissa Tomei. I I didn't realise for a very long time, and then at the end, I was like, wait. And I looked it up because I wasn't sure. Uh, it's Marissa Tomei being brilliant. Um, yeah. uh, as again another unattainable woman. I mean, Marissa Tomei is obviously incredibly beautiful and, you know, and she plays this kind of odd character. God, it's such a, if affecting episode, this, yeah, she, you know, she says that she was, yeah, I, I can't really remember, but, but obviously, um, Alex Bledel's character, you know, lies to her and says that, uh, oh, uh, uh, Emily, yeah, that a wife uh, was kind to her once. Um, but of course, wives uh, routinely um, o- oversee constant monthly rape uh, and they're part of they're complacent in it. They are part of the suppression. They are themselves suppressed, but they are also complacent in such a horrific act. So it's very difficult to know where to put your anger is it on the system or is it on the people who are part of that so who are suppressed but complacent and so she takes it out on uh, marissa tomei's uh, wife character and she murders her and it's uh 
horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying because it's so complex. It's so difficult. Like who who are you really mad at? Just a, a young boy who gets caught up, you know, with his school chums, and he ends up. Uh, being part of Nazi youth and he then joins the army. Are you really mad at that guy? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But also more mad at the system in which that was allowed to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, really, it's really, really complicated. And I think they tread that. So I, I like the fact that they're not, I think the soprano, I mean, I know Matt, I don't know about you, Jamie, but I know Matt is a huge, huge fan of the Sopranos. Mm. And I think they do that in Sopranos as well, where they, they there's no easy outs or easy endings or easy, like, and the moral of like the very, very bad Fraser episodes where they're like, well, <laughs> we've all learned this terrible lesson. Um, and I think there's no that never ever happened. We're never allowed that out. We're never allowed that catharsis. We have other catharsis, maybe as Matt was saying earlier, but we don't get that. It's not easy. Things aren't easy in uh, oppressive regimes. They're never. Yeah. You know. Well, what I thought. <laughs> That's a, like, I yeah. 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 <laughs> Things aren't yeah. easy in oppressive regimes. You know regimes. what? It's- not easy. Well, what I, I thought I would just get annoyed with her being back in the oppressive world, but it actually got juicier. Like, it was like, it's just, it's like someone's made a chili in a slow cooker, and the longer you leave it, the tastier and more flavoursome it gets. And, like, that's what happens with The Handmaid's Tale, is those interchanges and exchanges between her and and the main characters who she's stuck with are even more they've marinated for so long in these juices that they're even more like captivating and like just the death stirs they give each other and the become even more compelling so it actually surprised me that i would i, I enjoyed it more in the in the second series because of that so it can work both ways if it's done well and they've done it really well then it, it's still it's just juicier and tastier <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is a weird thing to say but yeah I've had, I had chili yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I had chili yesterday. I had chili. I want to talk about chili. I want to talk about chili. It was really good. I left it marinating for a while. <laughs> also, um, I mean, we've chili, got to the chili point. is not easy in an oppressive regime. No. We've got to the point in the podcast where Jamie's hunger is now. Uh, in from all sides yeah. <laughs> and eventually yeah. he'll just start saying the word chili so um, <laughs> uh, i think we'll we'll uh we'll wrap it up there uh, we've gone quite long anyway but um uh Idol, thank you so much for yeah. coming on this week and uh making much more sense than howell ever has <laughs> it's a real real pleasure to be helicoptered in for that yeah <laughs> i would like to get you back one day um and uh, Jamie, yep, go and have your chili. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to go and watch the last episode of the, um, oh, what the hell is it called? The Stephen Graham thing. Oh, the oh, virtues. The virtues. The virtues. I'm going to go and watch that. And oh, then amazing. just, uh, yeah, bleed myself gently into a bathtub. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. Great. It'll be a lovely yeah, evening. Yeah. Um, a lovely yeah. evening. Indeed. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, please, as always, get in touch at studio at the box at pod.com. I think I've got that right. 
or on mm. the old the Twitters. Um, it, actually, Idol, uh, what's your Twitter? Oh, it's at Idol Sukan, which is I D I L S U K A N. So for yeah, your hourly dose of Femipis. Yeah, uh, just if you have a show that you really love. If you want to have something deconstructed to the me. point that you hate it. <laughs> Uh, hey if you like the lego movie and you want to have it torn to pieces oh my god uh please don't keep baiting me yeah um but yeah thank you and goodbye 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 when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.